Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast as usual, I'm your host at Steve NFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers and I'm back, I took a week off, bold, bold Stephen, Jesus, um, yeah I took a week off so I had to attend to some things, you know it's just family stuff and I yeah I afforded myself a week but you know not a whole lot has happened NFL-wise, but I've got a jam-packed show for you. Um, a part of that time away was kind of uh, rebooting and stuff, so I've got some nice little jingles as well, uh, some nice segments coming up for the podcast and some exciting stuff there too. Um, so yeah, this is just going to be a bit of an amble through whatever. How the hell is everyone doing out there? I am looking like a samurai. I'm looking like Jon Snow season six what was the last one where he had like the sort of samurai man bun at the back that's kind of what's happening i'm going around with a kind of like a pat mahomes headband baker mayfield action sans tigers um yeah is everyone else's hair out of control i don't know whether to hit the whole like shave and razor it all off or to keep going with this clay matthews-esque style look um is anyone, like, is there barbers open? You know, all the hairdressers out there, you know, lads, ladies who are going out with barbers and hairdressers and stylists and all that kind of stuff, you can spot you a mile away. You know, ambling through Tesco with a nice old do. But i tell you what I've been doing, and I'm pretty devastated by it, right? Um, I started getting back into running again. So, look, I want to hear from the people, A, who like Sherlock Holmes, B, read Patrick O'Brien, uh, See, like history, uh, but also people are into running. Uh, let's do it because I'm on the Nike Run Club app. So I have an Apple Watch and I've been doing the Nike Run Club. But because um, this always happens to me, of like a crisis of conscience and a kind of, you know, a, a birth. And it didn't help that I got really sick around my birthday as well. Um, I always have this, my New Year's, I have two New Year's, one at New Year's. Um, and then also on my birthday, I kind of start reassessing my life and putting stuff in order. Um, which is a nice little sort of um, check down. So I started running. So I went out running on my birthday and then obviously did too much. And then I went out that weekend and I basically nearly ran every single day since kind of making time for it. Now, we're ta- I was talking two kilometers at the start, so 10 minutes, getting out for 10 minutes. Um, so I kinda, I've got an injury now. Um, it doesn't last long, I don't think, because I had it, um, you know, last week after around 5k so i ran a 5k sub five minutes per k and i ran i went out sunday and ran eight kilometers um the, the, it's like it's like as you know when you get invited on a night out and you're thinking geez i'm not in the mood for this lark and they're always the best nights out so i went out with kind of in the back of my head to try get to 10 killer stitch um seized up my whole body my legs started to spasm out so i had to stop and now i've got kind of like you know, some sort of sports injury. But if you're into running, I want to hear from you. Um, I want to add you on apps. Let's motivate each other and get our arses moving. Um, it's always good business. But anyway, Packers Universe, what's going on? Oh, another really exciting thing. And these should be up on the website again. The podcast drops. Um, we face masks now. UK Packers face masks. I've tried to sort of lock down um, pricing and descriptions and all that kind of stuff. So there's um, two sizes. There's sort of small, medium and large those in centimeters are on the website but the cool thing about these are is that we can customize them for you so you can get your membership number on you don't have to but you can 
um, and then it has the UK Packers logo on it. So they come in green, white, yellow, and sort of a cheese uh, thing. So they're they're really fun. Um, so we have those up on the website. So they're seven fifty uh, without the membership number, and add two fifty on top of that if you want your your member. Oh, is it one fifty? Dear Jesus, one fifty if you want your membership number on it. Um, so that's really exciting coming to the to the site. Now, they're not medical-grade PPE, but the advice is to have some sort of face covering, more so if you're sick so that you don't pass it on. And then also there's a large option you can get that has a pocket in it that you can put your own filter or whatever. And there's all these tutorials online where if you get Listerine and you put a thing in Listerine and you can put that into the thing and use it as kind of that sort of, it's an antibacterial, antiviral uh, barrier or whatever so there's a pocket in the large ones that you can get so they're three ply so there's three sort of levels of material and do it in style i'm going around here in ireland with a sort of homemade blue it's almost tie-dye so I, i've ordered every style of the uk packers ones because i'm hoping to do first off keep myself safe but also do a video on youtube to kind of show what they look like and do kind of a review or whatever so those face masks are on our website now you can cop those um so the um black lives matter and racism debate is still going strong in america which you know all of the looting and the destruction and all that kind of stuff aside uh to, to open that dialogue and to get people talking about it is a great thing especially because there seems to have been a shift in how people are looking at this and addressing it now now i'm on the radio every saturday uh, during the regular season when it comes to um nfl with sunshine radio and I've talked about Kaepernick pretty much every year since I've been on the radio, him kneeling for the national anthem and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the dialogue around, you know, people trying to blame it, saying that he's disrespecting the troops. And then they, they found the story was it was an actually, it was a soldier who told them this is the best thing and most respectful thing that you can do. Um, and it all spiraled out of control. So I was sort of talking about this um, for a long time. And it's kind of come full circle in the sense that people are looking at it now and saying, Jesus, do, do you get it now? Um, now, I know this is sort of a bone of contention and there's a lot to talk about on this topic. I'm not going to wax too lyrical about it because everyone's heard all the takes already. Uh, but what a fantastic part about it was is that the Packers brought out a Enough is Enough video um, to combat this. Uh, I'm going to play it uh, because I think if you haven't heard it, it's great. If you have heard it, it's very powerful. Anyway, um, so let me play it and let's have a chat about it. I'm embarrassed as a human. Tired. Frustrated. Heartbroken. Disappointed. Distraught. Disgusted. Disgusted. The inhumane murder of George Floyd has become a far too common image in America. We're here today to say no more. No more. Enough. 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 Enough is enough. People who look like me should not be afraid around law enforcement. I'm a human, just like all of you. My blood is red and my heart pumps that blood. I'm a human too. I believe the issue to be systemic. And because it's systemic, we all can play a part in fixing this. We need structural reform, uh, not only from the community, but from law enforcement in a collaborative way. Antiquated laws and legislation needs to be amended or repealed, especially those that are prejudicially biased to people of color. Racism is taught and learned 
It's not something you're born with. Let's do a better job of educating our youth and the younger people behind us. We come up with real solutions to make significant change. The right actions speak a lot louder than the right words. We stand united against racism. Against police brutality. We stand against a broken system. Against oppression. Against injustice. Injustice. We stand against injustice. We ask that you commit to listening with an open heart. It's time we all educate ourselves and put action to words. It's time for a change. For change. It is time for change. It is time for change. It's time for change. It is time for change. So powerful stuff. And the story behind that with the fact that Aaron Rodgers was a, a driver for that video and um, sat down with the digital team and knocked that one out with, you know, various white and black players on the team is great. Now, this sort of hits home with the Packers. And um, I guess, you know, this type of stuff, I don't know, the audience for this podcast is pretty wide, uh, you know, between the UK, Ireland, all across Europe, uh, Asian countries, South America, America and everything else. So, you know, this was brought to light in America, uh, but that doesn't mean that racism is obviously just in America. Um, but w- where this kind of hits home for the Packers, I guess, as well is, is that um, first off, it's the stance around the national anthem. I think, you know, we're, we expect to see more peaceful protests during the national anthem. And on that point, Matt LaFleur sat down and said that he would support any players who want to have a peaceful protest um, and they'll get behind them. And he says that these things need to happen and that he's there to, you know, encourage everyone to speak out about it and peacefully protest. So that's a change in tack because let's not forget it was so controversial, um, which is ridiculous because what we're talking about here is equality is the same, right? It's not someone has to be better than somebody else. Uh, this is that equal rights um, is what it's about. And in fact, as an Irishman, um, and I know I've sort of said it before and I, I barely touched on it and I retweeted something from Paul McGrath today. Paul McGrath is a black Irishman. Um, so he said, you know, being Irish, um, you know, we, we tend to feel uh, or have some sort of perspective into uh, persecution and everything else like that. Not even on the same scale um, and completely different circumstances uh, and things like that. I'm not going to get into the whole history of that type of thing, right? And alienate people. But um, it's just the fact that you know, it's amazing that this is still controversial, that people want equal rights. But what I did was I educated myself a good while ago now um, on the prison system in the States and just how all of that kind of stuff works and the land zoning and all of this kind of thing. Um, and I know that there's certain people in the community um, like uh, Morgan Freeman, who likes to come out and say, you know, just do it for yourself, get up and everyone has the same opportunity and stuff like that. It's quite clear that that isn't the case. But anyway, whatever you think about that, and everyone has difference of opinions and I'm, I'm open to hearing all of that kind of stuff. Um, but Mark Murphy's come out and he's he's making a 250 grand donation uh, to Wisconsin social justice groups and he's hoping that the team and the players make another 250 grand, so that's half a milli. Uh, and then on top of that, do you remember the stink that was kicked up um, by the players making a protest and they linked arms, Aaron Rodgers being one of the main instigators and leaders in that? Lincoln Arms with Devontae Adams. Um, and that was a massive controversy. And the amount of comments ad nauseum every week um, from fans saying, oh, I'm not going to watch the NFL again. You can't believe you're sort of, you're dumping all over the flag and all this type of thing. Look, um, I've been at a game. I've been in absolute awe um, of how patriotic American people are. That's absolutely fantastic. But Aaron Rodgers came out and said that he knows and truly believes that this whole protest has nothing to do with the flag. Um, it garnered attention I guess that's what they wanted to bring um, light to this thing. The people that were 
were doing it. Um, black players originally, and then the white players standing with them, which was great. Um, and yeah, it was made all about something uh, that it wasn't. And that's my opinion as well. All right. <laughs> if you don't like it, that's what it is. And then you have Michael Thomas calling out Drew Brees openly. You know, this is the guy who throws him the ball. So it's it's good to to have this dialogue, to get all that stuff out there and discuss it. It's it's good to, to see that dialogue, but hopefully not all in vain. Um, So other sort of things that happened in the Packers sphere, uh, Jerry Gray had a press conference and he was a very impressive dude. This is a guy came from a DB coach, came from the Vikings and gave us a nice little insight into how kind of stuff operates behind the scenes. You know, some of that was down to, so he was a player, first off, um, and then he had a few uh, coordinator jobs and he had a good conversation with Mike Petton and he said that Mike Petton's just going to let him run free and do the technical side of things. Now, if there's one thing that drives everyone crazy about defensive players is when it comes down to technical deficiencies. Um, but what he said was 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 great and the media loved him. And this was a quote from him that I particularly liked that I think is of great value to the podcast. And it's heartwarming to hear. I got to tell all the young guys, I, I got the knowledge to get you where you have to go. Now it's up to you to want to work to get there. And, you know, every guy who has basically taken that, that knowledge that I've tried to give them, I'm not going to force it on you, but I'm going to try to give you and let you be the best corner in the league. And I've been fortunate enough to have, you know, guys like Xavier and Antoine Winfield and Nate Clemens and Samari and D'Angelo, and I mean, I, I can just name about another five guys that have actually made the Pro Bowl because they they took the knowledge, they went out there and played, and they played at a high level, and then they become one of the uh, highest paid guys in the league. And and if that's their goal, I can help you get there. If you want to be the Pro Bowl guy, I can help you get there. If you want to be all pro, I can try to help you get there. But you got to put your work in. You know, you, I'll give you the knowledge, but you got to put the work in. So what I like about it is, is that this team is obviously kind of a melting pot. You have the strong personalities in the Smiths. Um, he talks about Jair's energy and the fact that he's confident and he's young um, and he's going to sort of mold him into this player. Uh, he likes what Kevin King does. Um, Aaron Nagler was asking questions about, you know, do you what's your philosophy on, on press man? What about zone coverage? How much freedom do you give the guys? And obviously that's inherent in the scheme. Um, but it really seems that... Um, Jerry Gray, you know, he, he loves what's on the roster. Um, he's excited to work with those lads. And you can even hear it there. He's not going to force it on you. So um, if you want to learn and you want to be the best, well, then that's what that breeds. And, you know, that's management 101. Uh, but it's good that he's going to kind of work on technique and some, somehow been kind of given sort of, you know, free enough rein to do that. And he knows that Mike Patton's not going to sort of poke his nose in his business and let him uh, run into stuff. So that's what we want to see. A good news Packers story. And he certainly seems uh, the real deal. He's had some like top pedigree players. <laughs> and this is maybe not suitable for work. Um, but uh, Or we've got kids in the car. But the, the tweet that came out from TJ Lang um, was amazing. The favorite preseason memory. If anyone's seen this. Uh, again, this is kind of one for a video podcast. But he says that during preseason, they were doing the run on the no huddle against the Rams. And Aaron Rodgers stepped up to call an audible at the line of scrimmage. And he said, pull, pull, which was a power left. And Chris Long stands up and says, pull, pull these nuts, Aaron. And the whole line of scrimmage broke out laughing. And then they got stuffed on the play. And it's brilliant because Aaron Rodgers goes, yeah, that's a true story. And I'll, you know what? Sometimes it's nice to get some non-PC stuff uh, coming out, especially from uh, the big man, Aaron Rodgers. 
Another good story, uh, Christian Kirksey came out and he's chatting about what it's like to be with the Packers. And it's incredible that sort of this is a guy who is a high caliber player. Uh, you know, some people like to talk trash about him online. And he's just saying that it's great to come to a team where your head coach can come up and say that they swept the division. Um, something that he's never had before. So uh, he's going to be excited. He seems really hungry um, as well. So apart from that, I guess that's all the real um, sort of Packers news. The other kind of cool stuff that I have coming up on the podcast um, is I want to delve into some of the older stuff. Now, not some of the old crusty stuff that's going to get you bored. I'm talking about some really exciting stuff. Now, this is an idea that I had um, a while ago. And I believe, I don't know if I, I might have done this exact story, but I couldn't really remember. So I'm hoping you don't either. Um, so this is old-timey paper time where I read out a newspaper article from back in Packers archives um, to give you a real flavor of what, a, what the actual... This fascinates me. I don't know if it fascinates anybody else, but indulge me here. These are the actual words that were written about the Packers way back when. Um, I've got some really interesting ones, but this one in particular um, is pretty fascinating. Roll the tape. What about that now, good old Vince? Um, so I might have read this one before, or certainly one around this time. So the Packers were formed, and some of the old-timey pictures are great. And what I might do is, is, if I do this sort of as a video podcast, I'll put up a picture of this guy. But this is the newspaper clipping uh, from the Green Bay Press-Gazette from September 4th. Um, and this was about the opening practice so these are the actual words uh, that appeared in the newspaper and there's something pretty interesting that i'm going to go on and say after this too headline footballers get stiff workout at opening practice so september 4th at the green bay press gazette here we go the indian packing corporation football squad held their first practice of the season last night on the new gridiron at the plant about 18 men reported and they were put through a stiff drill at the initial workout the team will practice again on Friday night and every player is urged to be on the job at 6.45. The Packers, in quotes, have secured Big Bill Ryan to coach. Ryan is one of the best gridiron mentors in this part of the state. He handled West High in 16 and 17, which is 1916-1917 by the way, and was in charge of a service 11 last fall. Ryan will also coach the Purple this season. Negotiations for an opening game on Sunday, September 14th. Many of the neighbouring teams are not anxious to face Green Bay so early in the season. De Pierre, Oconto and Wasau have turned down the opening date. Either the Oneida Indians or the East End AC of Menonami will be brought here as a lid lifter on the 14th. Lid lifter, love it. The following Sunday, September 21st, the Crack Marionette AC squad will be seen in action here. This is the team that played Green Bay in that memorable 0-0 game last November. Manager Doyle has a bunch of stars which include Jab Murray, Seth Wright, Erdiltz and many others. Sunday, September 28th, the Oshkosh All-Stars will probably play here. The team is composed of former collegiate and high school footballers. Now, fascinating in itself and lid lifter is something that I'm going to use on the daily. But what you'll notice is, is that they say that Big Bill Ryan has been signed on. Uh, to coach so this is something that cliff crystal shined a bit of light on and put up some pictures before on a packers article which is really interesting because when you think about the first coach all you're ever told is george whitney calhoun comes out he's on a corner somewhere in green bay and curly lambo has the tonsils hanging out of him um, and they 
get chatting and he's like screw it I'm going to stay around town let's form a football team and blah 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 Aaron Rodgers Super Bowl right that's kind of what you're given is um the whole Curly Lambeau thing but really interested about Big Bill Ryan you know this was a guy when uh, George Whitney and Calhoun was still riding um, although he kind of retired um, when Ryan died in 1962 and there was an obituary uh, Whitney Calhoun came out and said that he was the original coach of the Green Bay Packers now how he puts it is is that when the Packers are first organised in 1919 uh, Curly asked him to help him out in coaching the team and he did and they did a fantastic job um, another thing obviously his name is Big Bill Ryan he was of Irish descent which so proud and it's what I talk about with the with the Packers is that you know as much as like oh you're Irish I can't believe you're interested in the Packers well an awful lot of Paddies made up the first squad and even Big Bill Ryan uh, was the first coach now, Curly would have been the captain and um, Cliff Crystal says in his article that, you know, there was they split time between the captain and the coach and the coach could only do a certain amount of things on game day, whereas it was really up to the captain to call it. Because let's not forget, this whole thing about calling in plays from the coach is a relatively new concept um, in the history of the sport, you know, after the riots and players getting beaten up and stuff like that. So they didn't want to give them the responsibility, allegedly. And then it comes down to strategy and everything else. But anyway, uh, Big Bill, and I was sort of thinking, Big Bill, Jesus, I wonder what size he was. According to Cliff Crystal on his uh, World War II registration card, he was 5'9 and 210 pounds. So is that big? Would I be called Big Steed Diddy if I was to uh, be around back then? Who knows? Uh, so this is a guy, as it sort of said in the article there, he uh, coached at Green Bay West High in 1916 and 1917. Then he, in 1918, he went over and coached the service team and then returned back to West High School in 1919. And funnily enough, he coached seven of the 25 original Packers and they had a whopping record of 16-3 and three, um, per Cliff Crystal in this article as well. So amazing to think that everything you thought you knew about the, you know, sort of, oh yeah, Curly Lambeau was the first, you know, you sort of, whack off this sort of factoid when really it was Big Bill Ryan and old Paddy mate of mine uh, who ended up doing the thing but anyway speaking of Packers and Paddies and everything else it's time for the Packers Limerick Hobby to hokey holy Jesus potatoes I haven't done a Packers Limerick in a while but it's time to give it a whack and this one it's dedicated to all those Bears fans out there. There once was a QB called Aaron, who made Bears wing columns barren. So Mitch in his mug and all the Bear Cubs hear this call from Laravie and McCarran. Rogers gets the snap, blitzes on, Rogers scrambles He's left, winds up rainbow. Cobb. He's got Cobb at the 10 to the 5, yes! to the end zone, touchdown, and a dagger! Oh my goodness, an NFC North Division Championship dagger of 47 yards! Brilliant. How good is that? It's so good. I don't mean the Limerick, but maybe that, maybe that caused you to have a wee giggle. To change the pants, to change the togs, lads. Um, but yeah, there we go. What the dagger play? Amazing. So I'm hoping to bring back some more Packers limericks. I do take submissions. So if anyone wants to try their hand at an old timey um Packers limerick, be it you know, modern, or give me some old timey stuff. I'll throw some Irish music on and we'll um we'll whip it up. So I guess the theme really is probably old timeiness, and this is something that I've wanted to do for a while. I was gonna try to do kind of a walk and talk. Um, but I'm not really a vlogger and I haven't done 10 Minute Tuesday last week with all of the stuff that was going on 
uh, with me. And so I was going to do a walk and talk, but a player that I've wanted to focus on for a while now because he hasn't talked about half as much um, in in Packers fan base. Like when you when people are talking about who the legends are and everything else, it takes the hipster of the group um, to talk about Don Hudson. And he's my all-time favorite player. And he just seemed like such a lovely, sweet man. And I do think people should talk about him more. So if I could talk about, if I could have a Don Hudson corner um, every time on the podcast, I would. Uh, the one jersey that I'm really tempted to get uh, of the all-timey ones is Don Hudson. Now, I've done stuff on Paul Horning, uh, who I sometimes call Paul Hornung, uh, Ray Nitschke, uh, Cur- you know, I don't, I don't think I've done Curly Lambeau yet, actually. Uh, Vince Lombardi, he got a two-piecer in a podcast as well. And the, some of those uh, history videos are actually up. Oh, yeah, Tony Canadeo. I have them up on YouTube, so you can dart across and take a look at those. But I'd love to focus on more some of these old-timey players. I'm going to focus on Don Hudson first because just like the inaugural uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame, and he gets his bust in there straight away. Of course he does with his cover boy goddamn looks. Uh, on the inaugural old-timey player focus, um, it's going to be Don Hudson. So again... Gonna drop that jingle. Yeah, what was the key to distributing your Packer City Lightning to all your button men? Like all decade torpedo Laverne Delway? I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. That's a good question. Though. What the Love that all-timey music. Got kind of carried away. It was just sitting back, just, just kicking it, listening to that. But uh, yeah, Don Hudson. This music is not going to go on the whole time, by the way. Or it can, if you like. Um, Don Hudson, what a dude. This was a guy who was so undramatic. And there's a couple of videos on YouTube about him. You can go and find out about him. Um, Steve Sable says in one of those videos, he's the first player that he ever heard the phrase poetry in motion about. So like it's the most undramatic guy ever. Um, there's a few sort of old-timey videos and I'm going to play some of the audio so you, you can actually hear what he sounds like. Uh, seemed like a sweet guy. Um, and w- one of the other quotes was is that, you know, you could kid with him but he wouldn't kid anybody back. He'd sort of take the ribbon. He was one of the lads or whatever. Uh, what did they call him? The Alabama Antelope. <laughs> I think was his nickname. I've got another video actually. He was inducted into this sort of NFL all-time 100-year team as well and he got inducted by a pretty special uh, coach which I'll play for you. But... Um, and they sort of say an awful lot of this stuff that I'm probably going to end up saying. But, you know, the most dramatic circumstances of how he became a player, uh, performed ridiculous in the Rose Bowl, caught the attention of everybody. Lambo gave him massive money. It was supposed to be 300 quid per game, which was just colossal stuff back then. Um, real speedster. And, you know, this was... Why I liked Don Hudson was is that he held so many records and even the touchdown record. Um, I think he's 13 still on the list you know and he, he quit in 1945 he hung up his boots and he's still uh, it's, it's the 11th or the third i think the 13th um all time for touchdowns this guy was just prolific like you know they refer to him as kind of the babe root um of baseball and i think someone says will chamberlain uh the gretzky you know people in their sport who kind of redefined it so before hudson came in uh there was no real uh, play calls or route tree for receivers and he came in and basically invented the whole thing if you look at how dominant some of these players were um you know Aaron Rodgers in his heyday and when he's on you know you just you, you can't rival him Patrick Mahomes so some of the stuff that he does is just incredible but Don Hudson 
it was like the Gronk. He kind of redefined what the position was. After Gronkowski came out, you know, the tight end obviously was a passing position, but just the stuff that he was able to do and the dominance that he had just blew people away. Imagine that on steroids. I mean, Don Hudson uh, just outplayed everybody. Fantastic hands. One of the things I did notice as well, and I have to add him to the sort of the old-timey player list, is Arnie Herber. Because some of the passes he could make... So, for instance... um. Anyway, the, the dramatics with uh, Don Hudson was is that uh, they wanted to sign him, give him massive money, and he caved to both him and also the Brooklyn Dodgers. And he signed both contracts and posted them off. So Joe Carr, the president of the NFL at the time, the commissioner, uh, turned around and said, look, whoever's contract comes in first, then he's your man. So there was 17 minutes in the difference of when they came in and they were postmarked and stamped at the post office. So Hudson ended up becoming a Packer, and I'm glad he did. Um, but there's a funny story uh, from Hudson but I let him tell it um, and ju- just a really fascinating guy the fact that he was so dominant for so long and his record stood for so long uh, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame you know d- the minute it opened they opened their doors and they had to get Don Hudson in he was that dominant um, but anyway this is him being inducted into the NFL 100 year team by none other than Bill Belichick, and this is what he has to say about him. Next wide receiver was a charter member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's Don Hudson, a two-way star with the Packers. He led the NFL in receiving in eight of his 11 seasons and won the Joe F. Carr Trophy as the National Football League's MVP in 1941 and 1942 and may just have the best nickname on the NFL 100 all-time team, the Alabama Antelope, Don Hudson. Well, Rich, a lot of interesting things about Hudson. First of all, um, he played end at the University of Alabama. Uh, Bear Bryant was the other end. Hudson was, as uh, you can see, his his skills here. He had great hands, and he was the first route runner in the National Football League. That guy right there, in my mind, probably changed the wide receiver position as much as anybody who's ever played. No question. He he absolutely changed the wide receiver position. There were no split out receivers and there were no routes designed for receivers. It was kind of go deep or go over or go out. This is the Notre Dame box. So Curly Lambeau played one year at Notre Dame. Can we go over this just a little bit, this shift here? So literally, you don't know who the quarterback is going to be or. That's right. And, and, and whether the formation, whether the strength of the formation is to the left side or if they shift over to the right side. The thing about Lambeau was he modified this offense to take advantage of Hudson, who's at the top of the screen there, number 14. Uh, but you can see here Hudson going up for the ball. He's got strong hands, very athletic guy. Fantastic stuff, uh, especially coming from Bill Belichick as well, the fact that he knew who he was and all of that. And I, I thought I'd heard that about Bill Belichick before, though. He's a real student of the game. Um, he likes to go back and, you know, study all of this old tape of all these old players. He really knows his stuff. And the blurb about Don Hudson on the Pro Football Hall of Fame is definitely worth uh, a read as well. 99 career touchdown receptions, which stood for, you know, 40 odd years. There's people listening to this podcast who will remember the player from the Seahawks who ended up eclipsing it. And that's always devastating for me, especially because, you know, he retires in 1945, 11 seasons under his belt. 18 NFL records, 488 career receptions, and then a Seahawks player uh, goes and outdoes him uh, with the touchdowns. Um, but yeah, to, to go to show you how dominant he was, 488 career receptions, which was 200 more than his closest competitor per the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Not only that, he was a safety. And in his last six seasons, he pulled down 30 interceptions as well. He also was a place kicker. 
So they say in the blurb that in one quarter of a 1945 game, he caught four TDs. He kicked five uh, PATs for 29 points, which is just absolutely bonkers. Uh, but head and shoulders above absolutely everybody. But I have to say, Arnie Herber's play to Don Hudson, he was able to put the ball in the money. This was at a time where the forward pass was pretty much non-existent. And he's pretty lucky he didn't go to the Dodgers, in fact, because they were certainly not a passing team. They rarely passed, in fact. But uh, because of the money that Lambeau was given, Don Hudson, people were skeptical. And they also, he was a skinny guy. Now, he was he was tall and rangy. And he he was, I think it says in one of the videos that he was able to run, you know, um, whatever it was a, a really really fast sprint speed anyway um, and he had the set of speed so you'd go to tackle him and then all of a sudden he'd sort of go up go up a gear and he'd just be gone by you had a, a really deceptive gait um, that you think you have him and then he'd just he'd be a couple of strides ahead of you so you'd be sort of running off to the bench but there was an awful lot said about how much money that Lambo was paying him especially back then and remember Jerry Kramer in his book talks about the fact that pro football players were not respected it wasn't a good pro profession to be in and all this kind of thing so there was a guy on the radio that they used to listen to in the locker room who was waxing lyrical about how much of a terrible decision it was um but let's let don tell us exactly what happened your first game and the first play in pro football was pretty special yes it is it uh i wasn't getting off to too good a start up there not uh, from the football because we hadn't played but in those years, there was a fellow named Emmett Platten that took uh, 15 or 30 minutes, I've forgotten now, on the radio, just before the game started every day, every Sunday, to discuss Mr. Lambeau and the Packers. And to say the least, he was highly critical. And the 15 minutes before this first game, he devoted entirely to how dumb Lambeau had been to draft me to uh, sign me to play with Green Bay. And it was a very discouraging 15 minutes because we always listened to it in the locker room to hear what the guy was going to have to say. Well, everybody was shaking their heads and looking at me, you know. So we played the Bears, which everybody in Green Bay knows, the rivalry that it exists. And they kicked off to us. They brought the ball out to the 20-yard line. And on the first play, Herber threw me a pass for 80 yards, and the game ended 7 to nothing. Well, if I had written the script, I couldn't have done any better because it got me off to such a good start from uh, this discouraging radio <laughs> broadcast. And he just looks like such an, a lovely, affable man as well, and so accomplished. And, and again, there's nothing more fitting than the Alabama antelope because you should see this guy run. Look up videos of him. Um, number 14 retired by the Packers and that's always been a fascination of mine too is to try research and then bring that info to people um, as to why numbers are retired and, and everything else so Tony Canadeo was another one that not a lot of people knew about but 83 yard pass his first catch first touchdown in the NFL what a way to sort of pin your colours to the mast and say hey there you go um, and I guess to so do research him and <laughs> not to do the guy a disservice. I found this as well. So it turns out that the opposition wasn't the only thing he smoked. Listen to this. Settle back as Marlboro visits Green Bay Stadium 
and meet the Packers, Don Hudson, greatest pass receiver of all time. Settle back, Don, with your Marlboro. Remember your longest pass play? 1939, Packers against the Cards. 94 yards. Just one of the 101 touchdown passes you caught. More than any other player in National Football League history. You sure showed what the game is all about, Don. And Marlboro showed me what filter smoking's all about. Well, it's the filter cigarette with the unfiltered taste. Like they say, you got a lot to like with a Marlboro. Filter, flavor, pack or box, Marlboro. Ah, uh, nothing goes quite like athletics, healthy living, and smoking some cigarettes. <laughs> Jesus. Sign of the times, though. Sign of the times. Um, they're used to, they're sort of an amateur sport over here that's played very, like almost like a professional sport. Gaelic football and hurling two sports and for Gaelic football and hurling uh, there's footage of back in the day so if you've seen the film Michael Collins um, you'll have seen something similar where the you know there's the scene from Bloody Sunday which is a real event um, where I won't get into it God I'm getting into history again um, but where you can see the players run around the field with cigarettes in their mouth uh, you know there's footage of JFK's assassination they're in the studio they're all smoking cigarettes and then of course it was all of these um you know, public service announcement videos and incubator videos of doctors at incubators and they're smoking cigarettes. Goes to show you a sign of the times. Um, but yeah, uh, really nice dude, fantastic stats, um, a giant of the game. And to me, he's the best NFL player of all time um, at any position. So all of the absolute greats at QB, the Bart Stars and everything else, and they're way up there. Um, Don Hudson, to me, is the best player, period of any position but anyway there it is there's the podcast i hope you enjoyed the segments uh, it was good being back to you i'll be back again uh, next week for more segments any ideas anything you want me to cover shoot it on across but from what we're hearing uh, packers football will be back um in you know a month and a half in our round uh, per the cba and you know all of the agreements opening up after covid so it's going to be great uh, to get our hands on hopefully some real footage and maybe the whole digital side uh will you know, be churning out some good content because people can't be there um, in person. So, interesting stuff. Anyway, I've been at NFL at the Paddy Packer on Instagram, if you're so inclined, at UK Packers for the group accounts. Uh, keep it locked in with Facebook, Instagram, um, and Twitter. If you want to hit the website, ukpackers.co.uk, and also make sure you check out the trip, um, which is going over there in um, December, early December. So, give that a check as well. You can find all the info on that on our blog. But, until next week, it's a go pack go and goodbye from me. See ya.